0: This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Varbu. I hope you guys are all having a wonderful week. Last week was my 100th episode of the podcast, which is just absolutely insane, and it was delayed. I did upload it on a Thursday, but you know what? It's still um was an episode I made sure not to miss the week I always try like even if I'm gonna delay a podcast I try to at least do it in that week because to this day I have never missed a week like unintentionally so I've missed two weeks and one of them was during Black Lives Matter during the um July I think June July during the summer and then another one was christmas because i figured no one was listening to podcasts on christmas so i was like i'm gonna take the week off it's a holiday so those are the only two weeks that i have ever missed and I am very happy that I have, you know, uploaded a hundred episodes, even if they are a few days late, at least they are in the same week. So if you guys want to watch that episode or listen to that episode, I definitely recommend it. But today I am interviewing Tia Angelos. She is the founder of Smart Women's Society and Smart Women's Society is a platform that empowers and educates women to get smart about their money, career, well-being, and love. We talk all about making a budget, the importance to it, contracting out and hiring new people and self-care it's really all about adulting all about things that we have you know learned as we get older and i'm about to turn 25 in a few weeks Uh, my birthday is on april 16th so shout out to my fellow april babies and my fellow aries i feel like um it's so funny because i'm not that big into horoscopes or astrology i i like reading like the what like an aries is like the personality traits of ones but I don't read like my daily horoscope or anything like that or I don't follow my astrological chart I guess you should say but every time I read about what an Aries is I'm like oh my gosh it is so spot on um I remember I was I did like the the rising and the I did like my whole chart like I don't even know what it's called but I did my whole whole entire astrology chart and I am a double Aries so in like the first three big I guess signs. I'm a double Aries, and then I don't know what the other one is. Um, but I just think it's funny because I, I very much believe that. I radiate a lot of fire energy. If you guys know what that means, then great. If you don't, it's okay. (laughs) So anyways, before we get started, I wanted to thank you guys all for sharing the 100th episode on your stories. If you guys enjoyed this episode, be sure to do that as well. I am trying to move forward from the 100th episode and start making these intros a little bit longer. You guys can obviously fast forward if you just want to get to the bulk of the interview, but I feel like my podcast... I don't have as much of a connection as I would like like as much as my you know my Instagram or my YouTube or um, any other social media network, I feel like I have so much more of a connection on those, and then on my own podcast, obviously, it's, I'm giving my platform to someone else, but I do still want to have that connection with you guys, so you guys have the option to skip the intro and to just go straight to the episode, or we can just chat and, you know, catch up for at least, like, five minutes, five to seven minutes, I would say, would be a sweet spot, so, I love listening to episodes where it's like that because I feel like I really know the host. Um, And I think that it just makes it a little more special listening to the episodes. So, uh, I did want to say, I want to give you guys a little life update. So, I think I'll, um, I might structure it a little differently and you guys can let me know what you guys like, but I think I'm going to structure it as like I give a life update every episode in the beginning. So, my life update today is that I am leasing a Tesla and. I'm very excited I decided to go with leasing instead of buying because I didn't think I I didn't know how long I would have it for I didn't know if I would have it for you know years and years and years or if I would just want it for a short period of time and since cars don't really increase in value unless you have them for a certain amount of time like there's a certain amount of time that you need to own the car for for it to really pay off so because they're not increasing in value so it's not like an investment like where a house you can buy it and then as the years go on You actually end up making more money. Um, Cars just depreciate as soon as you drive off the lot. So I decided to lease. There's so many like controversial or not controversial but there's so many different sides of leasing versus buying and i used to be on the buying side i used to be like you have to buy you have to buy you have to buy and now when it was time to it to do it i was like you know what? i think i'm going to lease so i am leasing a car and i'm going to make a whole video on my youtube channel about how much it costs and the entire process but uh i'm doing a model y or a model 3 so keep up with my you know other channels and also I'll update you guys on here if you guys want to see which one i got but it's going to be gray and i'm so excited it will not have the full self-driving mode because it's just ten thousand dollars extra and i don't think i need it that much um but i'm just really excited i love teslas i think they're so cool i'm very excited to not use gas anymore i think that's really important and it's so cool how they make such like a cool car that is electric because for so long I feel like before Tesla that wasn't the thing. So I'm excited to see all the other industries, all the other car brands kind of moving in that direction. Um and I think I the reason why I decided to get a Tesla is because or not a Tesla, but the reason why I decided to get a car is because I think I will be moving to Miami for a little bit and this is just because I really want to experience living in Florida for a little and while I do have the opportunity, I feel like I should take it and I should move there and a lot of people are probably wondering well what about New York City and as of now I don't have any plans to move back to New York City in the near future Uh, I do want things to be totally normal and while I know New York City is opening up which is very exciting and it is feeling more normal than you know in the middle of the pandemic I still don't want to spend that much money without it being you know totally normal my dogs are barking in the background so I think it's my cue to wrap this wrap this up If you guys enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it on your Instagram stories. Um, Write a five star review. Let's get into the episode with Tia um, right now before my dogs go. uh, I don't know. Okay, let's just get into the episode with Tia. Hi, Tia. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast.
0: Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Of course, we had a little bit of a mix up earlier. Last week we were trying to record, but we figured it out. We're here now. So I'm just happy to be sitting down and recording because I know it's, uh, it's the morning for you, right?
0: Yes, it's 7 a.m. here, so right and early. I've just rushed out of bed, got dressed, and I think you're 5 p.m., so we've got a big time difference.
1: Yeah, (laughs) exactly, yeah. So thank you for meeting me so early in the morning because at 7 a.m. I'm definitely not fully awake yet, so thank you so much.
0: (laughs) I'll do my best. I can't make any guarantees. (laughs)
1: so the first thing that we're going to do is get into setting the record straight. This is some stereotypes, some assumptions. You'll let me know if they're true or false and, uh, expand, feel free to expand on why you think that. But the first one is everyone needs a budget.
0: 100% true. Um, For me and the way that we really stand by with Smart Women's Society is a budget is just a plan for your money. It's not something that you should Mm -hmm. think is super restrictive. Having a budget doesn't mean your life's over. or You can't have any more fun. It's literally just saying this is where my money is going every month and this is how much money comes in and this is how much goes out. I think there's a really negative stigma in society around budgeting. It always seems to have this really negative rap when in reality, it's just making sure that you can actually do the fun things in your life because you've planned for them and you put them in your budget. So 100% everyone needs a budget.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think like you said, it's not restrictive. It actually gives you more freedom because you actually know where your money is going and you don't feel as... You know, I don't want to say guilty, but you can spend it with out, you know, just like overspending and not knowing where it's going. So I think it's completely it just means freedom, not restriction, which I sadly a lot of people think.
0: And I think a lot of people make their budget too restrictive. And then that's why they don't follow it because they just say that they only want to spend $50 a month or something, which really is unrealistic for a lot of people in terms of fun spending. And then they just throw the budget out after a month when really you should be planning and making sure you still can go to a friend's birthday or you still can buy that dress that you really want because you have planned for it and you feel good about your purchases.
1: Totally. And the next one is, you need to hire a team to scale a company.
0: Yes and no. I think this is the point that we're currently at with the business where I think like more hands is always better than one hand. And especially like when you're bringing in new people into your business, you gain new perspective. And I think that's really important as you're trying to scale a business that you want to be getting new people's opinions, getting new perspectives, and that allows you to kind of tap into different areas that you probably wouldn't think of yourself. And I think as well, having people on your team means that you can kind of divide and conquer. You can only do so much in a day without leading yourself to burnout, which I think is super unhealthy. So I think it does get to a point where you do have to hire help so you can grow and build better things.
1: Totally. Yeah. I think it I'm I'm also at that point where I'm like do I add someone else? Do I, you know, I'm like, I don't it's know. Scary. It's definitely scary. It's like so scary.
0: And you like, you want them to have that same passion as you do for the business. And that's so hard to find. Um, but I think once you do it is a good thing and you can go on the journey together. And it's always great to share the ups and downs with someone else.
1: 50 degrees reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So, you can frizz free up your schedule with WAY. Go to T H E O U A I dot com and enter promo code RealReal for fifteen percent off any product. That's T H E O U A I dot com, promo code RealReal. earnin is a financial technology company not a bank subject to your available earnings daily max pay period max and location see earnin.com slash tos for details bank products are issued by evolve bank and trust member FDIC. right i could yeah i completely agree and the next one is that every business needs to utilize social media
0: Our business has pretty much come from the ground from social media and there is so much power with social media now. There's a whole career now. I think they said the influencer industry is going to be $15 billion this year or something crazy like that. So um, I would say if any business isn't on social media, that's more of an alarm bell than being on social media.
1: Oh, completely. Yeah. I mean, no surprise. My entire career is like revolves around social media, but I definitely think that it is so crucial for any type of business to be on social media, no matter what you're doing. Um, because it's just so important. It's not like, it's like having a website, like you need a website, but more importantly, I would say like you need social media too. You know, it's like goes hand in hand now. So I could not agree more.
0: I was saying, I know for me personally that when I'm looking up a restaurant or I'm looking up a clothing store, I go straight to their Instagram first. Like that's my instinctive first step that I'll check them on Instagram. And if they're not on there, it's kind of a red flag for me that I'm like, oh, why aren't they on social media? Like, is that a reflection of their business or anything? So I think it's super important. And personally, I have a fear that one day we'll wake up and Instagram will be down, YouTube will be down and how many people's careers that will ruin. So there is a flip side of that too, putting your eggs in one basket as well.
1: Right. I think it's a good mix of both having a website, but then utilizing social media to like its max potential is I guess what I would recommend with that. I totally agree. And so now I want to talk about kind of your life and how, what, how you started Smart Women Society, but let's take it back before then. What were you doing before you started Smart Women Society? I always like asking people what their first job was, what they were doing before they started their business. So, what was like what was life like for you before Smart Women Society?
0: Yeah. So during school, I was never one of those people that knew really what I wanted to do. I liked all my subjects. I did quite well at all of them, but there was never something that I could pinpoint and say, this is what I want to do as a job and this is what I wanted to do as a career. And anyway, I ended up going to university, which you guys call College in America, and I graduated with a law degree and a commerce accounting finance degree. And I knew the whole time that I was studying that it wasn't really right for me. You know, you have that feeling as you're studying and you're like, This isn't really where I want to take my career, but I kind of just kept pushing and I was like, no, it's going to open up a lot of pathways. I'll like it when I start working and all throughout uni, I had my own businesses. I've had a social media marketing business since I was 18 and I had a tutoring business and was a tutor for seven years and I always loved helping people and knowing that I was making a difference in their lives that really was fulfilling for me and Anyway, I graduated university and I tried the law stuff. I didn't like it at all. I tried the accounting stuff. I didn't like it at all. And I remember just sitting at my desk all day and I was like, is this what life's going to be like until I'm 65 mm-hmm. and I can retire? And to me, I just felt like I was almost wasting my potential a little bit. And the idea for Smart Women Society had been on my mind for so many years. And I was like, you know what? Let's just go for it. We started an Instagram account and had nothing to lose. And here we are.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And what year was this that you started Smart Women's Society?
0: January last year. So just pre-COVID. So the world's changed a
1: lot. Um. Wow. Okay. I did not know you started this recently. That changes so much because you grew so quickly. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. It so only crazy. over a year, a little bit over a year.
0: Yeah. I think, wow. I think okay were quite receptive to the idea they never really saw like how they could learn things in such an easy way and yeah it's just been growing like crazy especially I think COVID really helped as well when people kind of had the panic if they lost their job or they kind of had a little Mm -hmm. bit of a quarter life crisis and we were kind of there to kind of navigate them a little bit so a little bit of good luck a little bit of bad luck but yeah very grateful.
1: And so why did you start Smart Women Society? So I know that you weren't like feeling fulfilled, but like what made you start a community helping others in this sense? Because I know you had the idea, but I guess what sparked that idea?
0: It started off as a passion project and as a student and then I was a university tutor, I was teaching classes of about 25 students and I was always really passionate about how I could simplify the complex topics that they were learning about into really simple steps and I would always be drawing them little graphics or little flow charts or little step by step so they could go into the exam really empowered and they absolutely loved that and I remember always thinking like how amazing would this be if we could apply this to every topic in life and people could learn so much in a really fun way and that's kind of where it all started from
1: well i love it i think that it's absolutely genius and you're helping out so many women and i think it's just like what you've created on social media and through social media is really great and i was looking at your website and you have over seventy five thousand members is that correct yeah which is
0: crazy (laughs)
1: That's crazy. So when you first started this in January of last year, did you think that that is what it would become? Like, is that kind of you thought that it could grow this big? Or like, what were your initial thoughts when you started it of like, where Smart Women's Society would be?
0: Well, I think initially, like whenever you're planning a business, I think you have to have big goals and big ambitions, because that's going to drive you to keep pushing forward. But I would say I'm quite conservative in reality I was just kind of it wasn't a number to me I was never striving for a certain number a number of followers a number of um people that buy our products or anything it was always about like how can we just help as many people as possible and as well as that i always focus on nurturing the people that are currently in our community it's not just about finding the next person or finding the next follower it's how can i make sure that everyone who does follow us now and who does have our um game plans and stuff like that is how do i how do we make sure that they are really satisfied and really happy it's always been about customer service that's really a big thing for us like serving our community and making sure they're happy and that's kind of the fundamentals of the business
1: yeah. And you guys are still new since so like you're only a little over a year old, but how has your company evolved since like your first, you know, day that you started this to what it is now? Have you gone through some changes? Has has the vision changed at all or or I guess what are some things that have like pivoted from January 2019 to today?
0: Well, I think the world was different from January 2020. Yeah, Um, initially, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Initially, we wanted to start off and host events and have like workshops and hopefully scale those to bigger events, and that kind of went down the drain very quickly with COVID, and we all went into lockdown, and so we started off just as an Instagram and a Facebook group, and then over time, I think COVID gave us a lot more time to really think about our strategy and where we wanted to head. And we created our website and then we created our game plans and we worked with experts from all different fields to create them. And there are digital guides that we have on different topics. And for us, that meant that we could actually reach more people as opposed to in-person events, which would have been really local in Australia. So if anything, we were able to really pivot and use that digital space that was still available during COVID. And that's, I think, what contributed to about really rapid growth
1: yeah no I, i completely agree with that that digital or events like physical events you really have a limited market you know like you really only have the people in your community which can be definitely great it can be helpful but social media allows you to have access to the entire world which is really cool you know and like especially because you are a like digital company it's really cool to see um have you guys hosted some virtual events since then
0: Not yet. It is something that we have on our plan. But I think that was just a bit of an overwhelm with digital events last year. I think it got to a point where there was a webinar or some kind of event every day or something and people were feeling a little bit burnt out from that like constant Digital events. So, we're kind of just seeing how things play out this year. We're a lot luckier in Australia, I guess, with COVID restrictions than you guys are in America. But um, yeah, we're just taking it step by step. But right now, we're a bit, yeah, we're still focusing heavily on the digital because it can mean that we can reach more people. And we're chatting right now digitally, which never could have happened if we didn't have Zencaster or Google Meets or Zoom like 10 years ago.
1: Right, right. The world has become a lot smaller since then. So, it's really cool to see. Um, And so I am amazed as someone who creates content, I'm amazed at the amount of content that you guys have on smart women society, especially now knowing that you've only been up for a year and a year and a few months. So do you have people helping you with this? Like, do you is this your also before you answer that? Is this your full time thing? Or is this still a side hustle for you?
0: So, it's pretty much full time. I still have my social media marketing business that I do as well. And then I have contractors that help with that. And then I also work part time as a business consultant. So, still do that as well. But essentially, I would say most of my week is Smart Women's Society.
1: Got it. So, how do you do you have a team for Smart Women's Society? Do you have people that you, you know, that help you create content with this? Or, I guess, how do you plan everything out? Because you literally have game plans for four different topics i believe and it has hundreds of pages and each of them (laughs) so like who helps you create this content and like when did you decide to hire was that some if you just if you did hire
0: Yeah. So as I said before, I think being really strategic about when to utilize help, especially with our game plans, all the content came from different experts. So that was liaising with a lot of people who were specialists in their field and getting all their information. That was a big help with actually getting the information for them. Um, As well as that, like I contract out for IT services. We have our wealth building dashboard. I'm useless with Excel, so I did not build that at all. That was all built by someone else. But I always have the strategy behind it and kind of that product development, which I'm really interested in and yeah we contract out to we get some help with content creation we get some help really with the IT kind of tech space that's not my forte at all and I'm a big believer that If it's not something that you enjoy doing or that you're an expert in doing, get help to do it. There's no point in me spending weeks learning how to code a website or learning how to make a really crazy dashboard on Excel when I could just get someone to help me with that. And I think recognizing that was a big thing for me because previously I was always the kind of business owner that wanted to do it on my own just so I knew Mm -hmm. that I was happy with the output. But I think learning to get that help and hire contractors and hire help has been a massive help for us and allowing the business to really kind of keep moving forward
1: right so as of now is it just you like full-time smart Women society
0: that's full-time and then we have two people that help us quite regularly and then hire other contractors as needed
1: awesome yeah and as a business owner, how do you decide who to hire? So what's your like hiring process when it comes to getting help? Because I know a lot of people listening probably are at that point where it's like, I want to hire help, but how do I do it? So how did you, you know, do the interview process? Did you set up an application? What do you look for when you are hiring for help for Smart Women Society?
0: So I think for now, I've been really lucky that I have quite a diverse network personally that I know. So I've been able to hire people that have been either acquaintances or friends or people that happen to be someone in my network, but also have the specialist skills that I need. So haven't had to go through that formal interview application process just yet. Um, and I've been keeping it within the networks. And I guess for me, that means that I have more trust in that person because I know them on a personal level that then I know that perhaps they wouldn't want to let me down and I wouldn't want to let them down. So we have that bit more of a personal connection. But as in terms of hiring someone, in terms of going through an interview process, I think something that I would really focus on is just making sure that you click as people and making sure that they see the vision of the company, because like no one's ever going to have as much passion for your business as you do as an individual. But I think finding people that are there to actually grow and really align with the values of the business, not just be paid is a really important thing that you need to find in person.
1: Completely. And I think, especially as a small team, that's the most important part because you don't want, you know, yeah. in a huge company, you don't need people that passionate, I guess about your business. If you have 10,000 people working for your company, but with someone that it's just one, two, three people, I feel like that level of passion has to be met or else it's not going to be a successful working space because you're you're wearing many hats, you know, like you do everything. So like you kind of need that person that you hire to be able to juggle multiple things at once and like have the passion for it. So I completely agree with that. And I think that that's one of the biggest things when you are hiring is to make sure that people are like passionate about what you do. Obviously, they might not be as passionate as you if they didn't create it, but almost, you know, so – I completely agree. And I think that's also the importance of networking too. You have your network that you now go to and like, it's so important to network regard, like even during COVID digitally networking. Now you can, you can network with people all over the world, which is the beauty in it, I guess, even though there's no like networking events and stuff like that, but that's, it's so important to really utilize your network and like leverage the people that, you know, in real life to kind of talk to them and continue to maintain those relationships
0: there's a really big quote. I think it's your network, your network is your net worth. And I'm such a big believer of that. Like everything, especially in business is all about the people, you know, the connections you have and being really authentic in your relationships. And I know personally, I have had times where I've met someone and they haven't been genuine and I think that is a really bad thing that you can do in business. You want to make sure that you are making really good connections and really authentic relationships with people because it's going to come around to help you in the future when you do need this person or you need this person who knows this person and everything in life is all about maintaining really good connections and relationships. I'm a big believer of that and that's really helped in my business and just in life in general. I think it's really important that anyone, business owner or not, has really good connections and really authentic relationships.
1: Right. And what is your best tip for juggling full-time and side hustle stuff, like multiple jobs at once? Cuz you do more than just Smart Women Society and I purposely use the word juggle cuz I feel like balance isn't the right word cuz there is no such thing as like a perfect balance. But how do you do everything that you do and how do you juggle all of the different things that you do?
0: 100% time blocking putting everything into a calendar, writing multiple to-do lists. I think it's just being so organized and so on top of everything that you need to do that you. I just plan everything out by literally the 15 minute blocks and just try and tick them off. And I think as well, something that I've learned over the last couple of years is know when you're most productive. And for some people that you might be most productive at 1, 2am in the morning. And that's when you get a lot of your big creative kind of work done. Whereas for me, I'm probably most productive between seven and 9am. So that's when I know every day that if I've got some big tasks to do, get it done when I'm most productive. And when I hit that slump for me personally, which is like three, five o'clock to take a break and not feel bad about taking that break. So, and I think for me personally, and I think you've spoken about it in some of your YouTube videos is, you need to allow yourself to switch off and you need to allow yourself to have a break and to see your friends and to see your partner and do things that don't involve work. And I know for most business owners, you always have that guilt that you could be doing more, that you could be doing something else and learning that you need to actually have that balance and not work yourself to burnout and work yourself to just being absolutely exhausted is really important.
1: Completely. Yeah, I always say that how like, yes, you need to work a lot and you need to work hard and you need to, like you even said, I love that about finding when you're most productive because I never even thought about that, like doing your big tasks when you like feel the best. So I, I'm going to start implementing that, but I completely agree about like spending time with, without work for, for some time or else you will get burnt out. Like it's, no one can be go, 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 go all the time. It's just incredibly unrealistic and also unhealthy at the end of the day. So I, I definitely agree that you need that time to take a break too. Um, and I love that you mentioned that.
0: I was just going to say, I actually saw on your stories this week, and you're talking about things not appearing as they are on social media. And I think that's one aspect of so- what has occurred from social media is you always see these people, these business owners, just influencers or anyone in general, everyone portrays their life is really busy or really positive And they're just getting so much stuff done, but that's not actually the case. And a lot of the time people behind the scenes are really exhausted or burnt out or something really bad has happened that day to them. And no one wants to share that stuff online. It's usually no one wants to share when they're in a bad mood or they're not productive or they've done nothing all day because they just don't feel like it. And I think we need to remind ourselves that it's okay to be not productive. It's okay to have a bad day. Business in general is a roller coaster. It's up and down and it's never perfect and rosy. And I think, yeah, I think we can't get kind of distracted by what we see on social media because it's not always the full story.
1: Completely. Yeah. I feel all the time about how that is really just a highlight reel. And it's not even like, like, I think, yes, it's not the best that it's a highlight reel, but also if you spent the day crying or you spent the day really upset No one is posting that. And, like, you know, you don't need to post that. Like, that's not something that, like, your audience is entitled to know either. So I always think, like, people just need to go into it knowing that social media is a sliver of people's lives. And I even say that with, like, YouTube, for example. Like, I do a lot of Week in My Life and, like, vlogs and stuff like that. A Week in the Life for me is maybe, like, a 12-minute vlog. 12 minutes out of an entire week is not my full week. (laughs) Very edited. (laughs) Very edited. So while, yeah, I want to give you a glimpse into my life, I'm not showing the bad moments because I don't think it's, you know, I I don't want to. Like that's like something that's like very personal. And like, you know, you just don't want to share that. And also you don't want to be judged and you don't want to have, you know, or post negativity online, because that's a lot of a big thing. It's like people want to only post positive content. So I completely agree. Social media is a highlight reel it is not the full story. It's such a small sliver. So I always want to remind people that like, I mean, just think about it. A week is 10 in 12 12 minutes is not a week. Like it's not even a day. It's not even like an hour of my life. Like it's, (laughs) it's just 12 minutes of my life, you know? So I, I completely agree with that. And I think that is one negative that has come out of social media, definitely. But I love that resources like Smart Women's Society kind of do portray like, really help like with adult adulting, quote unquote, or like, you know, real life struggles that people go through. So I think that that's really, really important. And what is one of the most common questions or struggles that you hear from women who join Smart Women's Society? Like, like what is what are women looking for when they join Smart Women's Society?
0: Surprisingly, there's not a certain topic that really sticks out. Um, if I had to pick one, it would definitely be money, like budgeting, saving more money. That's probably the most popular. But I think, and going on what we are talking about before, is we don't realize it and we're all so different. And you may live in America and I live in Australia, but all the struggles that we go through, especially as a young female, is actually quite similar. And I think that's what's really banded us together and made our community so strong is that maybe potentially some weeks that I'm posting some content that's a little bit more relevant to me personally. And then we have hundreds of people message us saying this is exactly how I'm feeling as well. So I think what has been popular is that the struggles and the things we chat about is what a lot of us go through. And I think it's comforting knowing that other people are also going through similar struggles because I know a lot of the time, maybe you're in a bad mood or you feel like you're not progressing in your life or you feel stuck and you're like, and you look at your friends or you look at people on social media and you say that everyone's got it all figured out except me. And in reality, that's not true. I think everyone's kind of battling something internally or struggling with something. And I think being able to relate to other content and being relate to other people and, that's really the strength of it all and a lot of the popularity that I think has come to us.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I, I can definitely see how, no matter where you are, like in the globe, like people are really looking for the same thing, you know, they're looking for that sense of community. And again, social media does make the world a lot smaller, which is really helpful. And did you guys always start with a Facebook group and like the resources online? Is that kind of how smart women society started and how it's still been continuing on to today?
0: So we started with our Instagram and the Facebook group, the Facebook group we don't focus on as much anymore and I think we've started pushing more towards our resources and really focusing on more of them. Um, We also have now been pushing more video content so we have a TikTok account and I've really noticed and been reading a lot into it that video is the way of the future and we're looking to posting some more YouTube videos and stuff like that and I think that's where we're kind of heading a little bit more video based, but Instagram is always going to be the heart of our business and really simple kind of tips. And that's the heart and the fundamental of SWS.
1: And I have a question with your growth. So when did you guys grow? When did you have anything that helped you grow on Instagram? Like any like famous person reshare your posts or like someone with a lot of followers or what's, I guess the key to your growth? rapid growth I guess I should say
0: not really we haven't had any like famous people reshare anything or we've had some reality tv stars I don't know what category you classify them (laughs) in Uh, (laughs) and then we've had some influencers share things but honestly And this is really blows my mind is that our growth has come quite consistently. And it's from people sharing it with their friends and then them sharing it with their friends and people tagging their friends in our comments. So we can see that they've shared the post to so many people and it's come a lot more organically, which I'm actually a lot more happier about because it means that our message and our values are sharing really organically as opposed to just having a spike because a celebrity has mentioned it. So it has been quite consistent. And I think it's just been from all our content being really shareable and things that you'd want to tag your friends in or send to a friend or save and show someone else. And we get messages all the time going, oh, my sister showed me your account and I love it now. Or my best friend showed me your account. And that really warms my heart that people want to share it with their friends. And I think that's what's leading to our growth.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think the slow and steady growth or the steady, consistent growth is always better than a spike, because it is that organic growth that you're talking about. And it's not just one thing that now people just want to see that one thing that they came here for. It's like, it's really a holistic, like they like everything that they see, they want to be a part of the community which I think is really awesome. And now I want to talk a little bit more about everything that you cover on Smart Women's Society. So you don't just cover money. You cover money, career, well-being, and love, which I think is a really cool approach because a lot of accounts you follow might just have one or the other. So I think it's awesome that you do everything. And now I wanted to do some kind of I guess rapid fire questions or some like questions about each one of those categories and kind of see what your expertise is in them. If that, if that works. Sounds good. Let's do it. Okay. So first we'll talk about money. So what is the biggest mistake that you hear people making with their finances?
0: Uh, well, first thing we touched on it at the beginning is not having a budget and not having a plan for your money. There's so many people that honestly don't even know how much they spend every month. They don't even know how much comes in, how much they have left at the end of the month. And they're kind of just hoping that when they scan their card or when they purchase something online, you just don't get the declined. So I think that is the biggest mistake people can make and just kind of living in the shadows with their finances. And I think people need to be a lot more conscious of what they're spending. And it's not that difficult. I think once you actually set up a budget in a way that works for you and isn't restrictive, it actually means that you can live your life in a better way and enjoy the things more. And yeah, I think that's the biggest mistake that people make.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm huge on budgeting. I think budgeting is like, you every single person needs one. So I, I definitely agree. And I, I, def- I see so many people, even in my own life that don't have a budget. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, it's not
0: reserved I, as well, It's not reserved as well to low income earners or high income earners. I have a lot of friends that make amazing salaries and they're still living paycheck to paycheck and they don't know where all their money is going. And when you look at their income, you're like, wow, you should have so much saved. You should be investing so much money. And they just don't because they don't know how to, and they don't know how to manage their money. So it's not necessarily an income thing. I always say that you can you can do well with your money and you can save money on any income it's a matter of how you manage and you plan it
1: yeah i i agree yeah i have also i feel like budgeting people think like oh it's only if i am struggling with my money and i need to budget because i like don't have that much or something like that and it's like that's so not the case like you need to budget if you are making a million dollars a year and if you're making like ten thousand dollars a year like a budget is so important um and then let's get into self-care so what is the biggest misconception with self-care because self-care is a buzzword now I feel like everyone talks about self-care everyone's like everything is self-care now you know so like what would you say the biggest misconception in the self-care world is yeah and I was
0: thinking about this the other day and I think the biggest misconception is self-care isn't always glamorous It's not always Mm -hmm. bubble baths and face masks and sometimes self-care is you've worked yourself to such a point of burnout where you pass out or you're having panic attacks from stress from work and it's about being able to recognize maybe not those glamorous moments and taking a step back and looking after yourself or looking at the um, things in your life that are causing you to have that stress and yeah just kind of evaluating or maybe a form of self-care is actually creating a budget because you're so stressed about money that it is affecting your mental health and i think that is a big misconception that it's not just the glamorous stuff that we see on people's instagram stories there is a side to self-care where it's about looking truly what's inside you and what's going to make you happier and yeah looking at that mental health and as well as that getting professional help i think there has definitely been a movement towards normalizing therapy and seeing a psychologist. And I think that's a really good thing. And again, that is not as glamorous as we, like when you hear recommendations of just getting a pedicure or something like that. So I think that's a big misconception. And I think it's good that people are looking at self-care more seriously and at their mental health more seriously, because it is something that affects a lot of us, especially during COVID where we've been in lockdown for so long
1: and yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I com- I completely agree with you on that. And what is the best or I guess not the best way, but for people who have a side hustle, how do you go from side hustle to full time? And I'm sure you get that a lot because you have a side hustle pamphlet or so- side hustle um, guide. Plan. So game. game plan. Yeah. I was like, what's <laughs> the word? Yeah. <laughs> game plan. So h- what is your best tip for going from side hustle to full time?
0: I don't think, and this is the biggest tip that I give anyone, there's never going to be a day that you wake up and you say, yes, this is going to be full-time now. There's always going to be in your head, I've got to keep working my full-time job just for security or for that stable income. or, And I don't think that there's going to be a time where you just know that it's the best time to make the leap. I think some factors that you can kind of, take into account when deciding whether to make it full-time is is your income steady enough is are you able to ride out the waves where your income might be lower sometimes because when you have a salary job you know that on the 15th of every month you've got money coming into your bank account whereas when you have a side hustle or small business that's not as consistent you might have one month where you have amazing sales and then you might have another month where you have a very slow month and being able to ride out those waves is really important so being able to get to a point where it's consistently at a level that you're able to pay your bills and you're able to cover all your expenses is important. And as well as that, having an emergency fund. So having saved up three to six months, just in case if something does happen with the business, if you lose a big client, if you're not making enough sales that month, it's really important to have that money on the side. And I think once you do have that, you can feel more confident to take it full time.
1: Completely. Yep. I definitely feel the same way. I mean, I was working at a consulting company for nine months before I quit and nine months is so little. It's not like a long time at all. But I remember thinking like, when am I going to quit? Like from the beginning, I was like, all right, I'll be here for two years. And then I was like, okay, I'll just be here at my one year mark. And then I was like, okay, I'll make it to the summer. And then like April came around and I was like, I'm out of here. But (laughs) it was, it kept like getting shorter and shorter. But I remember thinking like, there's no right time to do this. Like two years, one year, I have to be ready in it. You know, like there's, there shouldn't be like a timeline. Like you can have a goal. I want to quit by the end of whatever and like work towards that goal. And I think that's perfectly fine. But I just remember thinking like, even when I was quitting, I'm like, am I ready to do this? Like, I don't you know, it's, it's nerve wracking kind of letting go of that steady income stream and like letting go of, you know, that security. But I, I remember feeling that way, even though I knew I was ready, it was still scary of like, wait, is this the right decision? You know, like you're still having that conflicting battle with yourself. So I definitely agree that there is no right moment, quote unquote, I just always recommend people to have a backup, like have that three to six months. Of living expenses ha- make sure that you are you know making money from your side hustle because i think a lot of times what i was really worried about with my video of like me quitting my job i was like the last thing i want to do is glamorize quitting your job just because like you don't like it you know i'm like that's not what i'm trying to do here like i have a savings i have money coming in from everything else that i'm doing it's not like i just quit on a whim and i'm like all right now what? So. Just being prepared, I think, is one of the biggest things when you are transitioning from side hustle to full time, even though it is scary and it's not going to it's never not going to be scary. But just making sure you have like your finances in check, I think, is definitely, definitely like a you need to do. <laughs> And the next one is, how do you know if your relationship is toxic? Because you guys talk about love on Smart Women Society. So this one's a little deeper. Obviously, it's not like a one answer for everyone. But I thought I'd throw this one in here since love is a huge topic you guys discuss.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think before we even talk about relationships is that toxic relationships in a sense don't just extend to your partner that you're romantically involved in. A big thing that we talk about is toxic friendships as well. And um, I think that is a big thing that people have seen over the last year that they're recognising a lot of their friends are actually quite toxic in their life and that's something that they also need to acknowledge as well. But in terms of some signs that someone could be toxic, a big one is If you don't feel like you can be your authentic self around them, that's a big red flag. Um, If you feel anxious around them, stressed around them, that's a big flag, that big red flag that they're toxic as well. Um, Another one is... I think especially with a partner, if you get stressed when they call you or when they message you or every kind of little conversation turns into a big argument, that's a big warning sign as well. And at the end of the day, like any relationship, any friendship shouldn't be too overly difficult. And I think when it gets Mm -hmm. to that point where it always ends up in an argument it will ends up with you being upset or crying, then that's something you really need to look at. And you should be brought up by your relationship and your friendships. You shouldn't be feeling worthless or feeling like like your opinions don't matter or that your energy is drained every time you interact with them. And I think they're really big warning signs to look out for and realizing that you have two options. You either can set boundaries and openly communicate with your partner or your friend about what's upsetting you and Um, A lot of the time people don't realize that their behavior is actually could be toxic and they're not a toxic person. They just have some toxic behaviors that they can work on. Or if that doesn't work, it's it's then thinking, do I end this relationship? Do I end this friendship? And obviously that is quite difficult, but a lot of the time it's not good to have that toxic energy in your life. And it really brings you down and being able to recognize that is the first step into that moving forward in that stage.
1: Completely. Yeah. And I think also, if you are asking if something is toxic, it usually leads to like, it probably is, you know, if, if you really are unsure if you're really unhappy, and I definitely think friendship breakups and like toxic friendships aren't talked about enough. Usually, it really is just partners. It's just oh, boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other, like it's not it's not usually about friendships. And so I'm glad that you touched on that because toxic friendships are definitely a thing and it's okay to end a friendship if you don't, you know, if it if it isn't right for you. So I definitely agree with that. Yeah, um,
0: and I think that a lot of us, we have friends from when we were younger, maybe you have friends from school, you have friends from university or college, and you just feel obligated to continue being friends with them, even though perhaps maybe your opinions have changed or your lives have changed and you don't get along on that same level as you did in that time of life. And I think something that we really preach is it's okay to, as you said, break up with friends if they don't, lead to your growth or kind of make you feel better at this stage of life and sometimes we have friends for a period of our life and it's great but then as we change as adults our values change our opinions change so then do our friendships so it's okay if you have to let a friendship go it will be hard at the time and it's kind of like mourning the loss of someone but you need to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with really positive energy people that lift you up and I think that's really important
1: Yep. No, I I completely agree. And before you go, or before we go, what is your best advice for someone who is just trying to navigate kind of that post-grad world, trying to navigate their finances, trying to navigate like the million things that we need to do once we like become an adult, adulting, if you will. What's your best tip for just tackling that and approaching that?
0: I think the biggest tip is just being patient with yourself and being kind to yourself. I know there's this, as we've touched on multiple times about this podcast, there is this misconception that everyone has their life together, but in reality, we all don't. So be kind to yourself. If maybe you're struggling with your finances or maybe you are struggling mentally or something like that, know that there is a lot of help out there and be kind to yourself and really invest in yourself. I think, especially as a young woman, the best thing you can do at this age is invest in yourself, invest in education, invest in learning about things. And this is the time where you can lay that foundation. That's really going to help you later in life. So spend that time really, um, practicing self-care investing in your finances learning about your career taking those risks if you have a side hustle that you really want to explore do the risk when you're young it's so much easier when you don't have more commitments when you're older so yeah be patient be kind to yourself and take risks
1: i love that well thank you so much tia for coming on my podcast where can they find you and smart women's society So you can find us on
0: Instagram at Smart Women's Society. And if you want to check out any of our game plans, you can grab them on our website, smartwomensociety.com. And we've set up a special code for anyone listening. So use Babu10 for 10% off storewide.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. You're very
0: welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: I hope that you guys enjoyed today's episode with Tia. If you guys want 10% off Smart Women Society, the entire site, then you guys can use my code barbu 10 Be sure to do that. I'll have everything linked in the show notes. Uh, I'm recording this right after the intro, so my dogs are going crazy. So I will see you guys next Monday with another episode of The Real Real Podcast.